because that person did you a favor when they left and you don't want somebody that's just going to abandon you. So instead, focus on yourself and why you're feeling so many negative emotions about somebody you barely knew walking out of your life. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey queens and welcome to a brand new episode of Almost Adulting with me, your best friend and your big sister, especially today, Violet Benson. Welcome to the third week of cult month and basically today I wanted to get super festive which is why today's episode is all about why you've been ghosted. I'm pretty sure everyone at this point has been ghosted before or have also ghosted someone. Uh, Before we get started with today's episode. I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Fashion Nova. Yeah, that's right. If you're currently looking for costumes for Halloween and you're on a budget, Fashion Nova is the perfect place to find it. So definitely head to Fashion Nova. I recently just got a bunch of outfits for Halloween for from Fashion Nova, especially because I have no idea what I'm doing this Halloween. So I wasn't trying to spend a ton of money in case I end up doing nothing. Because speaking of last year on Halloween, I had the perfect costume and I ended up spending my day with a boy instead of celebrating Halloween. And then that boy ended up ghosting me. (laughs) So this is actually the perfect time to release a ghosting episode because what's more festive than getting ghosted on Halloween? You're welcome, queens. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And don't forget to give me a five-star review at the end of this episode. If you really, really enjoy what you hear, go on the podcast app and just write how much you love me. I read all of them and it really helps my podcast be what it is today. Be number one. That's our goal, you guys. Right now, we're one of the biggest podcasts, but we're not number one. So We're going to do everything we can to get it there. And I love you guys for that. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about ghosting and um, reasons why people ghost and how it makes you feel after. And also a little bit about self-love because you kind of want to understand why when you get quote unquote ghosted, why why it affects you so much. But before we get started, I kind of want to answer some of your questions first. So the first question is, would you delete your social media for healthy relationship? Someone asked me this. The answer is, it's not a healthy relationship if you need to delete your social media. You guys should be able to trust each other enough and not have enough, so many issues that your partner being on social media is ruining your relationship. It's more like your insecurities are ruining this relationship. Like if your partner wants to cheat on you, they're going to find other ways to cheat on you. Social media, deleting social media is not what's going to make or break you. It's most likely you guys are just not the right people for each other. Okay, next is somebody asked me, what's a good advice to killing a job interview? Advice to kill a job interview would be um, what I used to do when I used to be an accountant and I was applying for accounting jobs is that I would see who my interviewers were and I would research 
everything about every single interviewer from like their middle name to what university they went to, to what they studied, to their hobbies, to what they liked. Like I would just do all of it. Research found that people love talking about themselves. And in an interview environment, if you go into the interview and you ask questions about the interviewer where they end up talking about themselves almost more than you talk about yourself, you will end up leaving the interview with them thinking that you're such a great person because everyone loves talking about themselves. So I did that in one interview, where, which I got the job on, on the public accounting firm I worked at before I um, started Daddy Issues, where I came in, I had three interviewers, I knew everything about every single one, and I would just be like, well, to one of the partners, like, well, when you studied this and this in college, I, I mean, isn't that how you, you know, decide to pursue this specific type of field? And he was just like so impressed and... Literally the whole half of the interview was just the partner talking about himself, but he was just so happy and not realizing that he was talking about himself the whole time. Even as good on dates, a person will think they had a really good date if you talk about them the whole time. Not the whole time, but if you keep asking your your potential partner questions, they will end up thinking they had a really good date and they really enjoyed you and they love talking to you because they talk about themselves. So that's a good tip. Know everything about the interviewers ask them questions, connect that to yourself, how you guys can, how similar you guys are. Because when I did that, the position I was interviewing for, they ended up giving it to someone else, but they liked me so much for my interview that they opened a whole new position just for me in order for me to work at that firm. And that was a really cool thing. And that just showed me that, you know, when you work hard and you go for what you want, you get it. And um, that was dope because... Because then I got depressed and then I got to be daddy issues. So <laughs> good for me. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to leave you off with before we get into the ghosting was that sometimes people pretend that you're the bad person so they don't feel guilty for all the things they did to you. And it's something that my dad always says to me. And I think I've kind of said something briefly about it in a different podcast. And I think that part is really true because a lot of times you say, well, how can you hate me when you broke my heart? And it's because it's easier for me to hate you and pretend like you're the terrible person that, well, I broke your heart because you did this and this and this. So then I don't have to feel guilty for being such an asshole. <laughs> and I don't feel, have to feel guilty for saying hurtful things because I was in a bad mood that day. And I don't have to feel guilty for being broken inside because the truth is only broken people try to break other people. Only hurt people hurt other people. And if you weren't broken inside, you wouldn't feel the need to suddenly reach out to somebody and ruin their day and or to say mean things to them. When you change your perspective about a lot of things, it changes your way of living and it changes your mind. So if someone is ever mean to you, like really understand that 99.9% .9 of the time, it has nothing to do with you and has a lot more to do with them and what they're going through. I mean, I've had fans that have been mean, really mean to me and then I'm like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? They just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I was having like the worst day and you seem so happy and I just want to like crush your mood. My bad. <laughs> so just think about that, whether your ex or somebody that you fought with or whatever, if they're pretending like you're the bad person, you can't figure out what you're doing wrong. It's because they just don't want to feel guilty for the things they did to you. Good times. All right, let's move into talking about ghosting. Okay, so... I did some research about ghosting. It seems like ghosting has been around for the past five, six years, but then the phrase had become more popular around the past year or two. And let's like dive into it. So when I looked it up, 
the definition of ghosting. The definition of ghosting is the experience of having someone remove themselves from your life, ending all contact or communication with you without any explanation. It can happen days, weeks, or even months into a relationship and is very common. Studies show that although contrary to common belief, women tend to ghost men more often than men tend to ghost women. And then another study showed and ghosting is much more common in friendships than it is in romantic partners. Just something to think about. I did some surveys on my Instagram, which I'm going to open up right now. First, I asked, have you ever been ghosted? And I asked 50,000 people. And out of 50,000 people, 76% said yes. And 24% said no on have you ever been ghosted? Then I asked, have you ever ghosted someone? And out of the 50,000 people, 77% said yes. And 23% said no. Then I also asked... Have you ever been both ghosted by someone and ghosted someone else yourself? 82% said yes. Well, 18% said no. So then I decided to ask around you guys' definition was of ghosting because I think to me, it seems like we all have different definitions when it comes to ghosting. I feel like it's like someone just is not interested in you maybe. And now you're like, oh, I've been ghosted or someone just looks at you and then they don't want to pursue anything with you. And you're like, oh, I've been ghosted. So I asked people around what their definition of ghosting was. And here are some answers. My friend wrote, I go put it in, but then he's gone and took the lube. <laughs> that was funny. But um, you've been talking to someone. Suddenly someone goes silent for more than 48 hours, completely stopping all communication without reason. When they disappear, boom, like a ghost in the night. When someone stops replying to you or gives vague and dry responses. By the way, when someone gives you vague or dry responses, that's benchmarking. We get to that after we'll talk about ghosting. So he stops answering texts and snaps and deletes me off of snap. Guys be like, bye girl, next. But they never tell you that. When someone disappears without any explanation, the guy disappears, no response to texts or calls. When he stops responding after fucking me for a whole month. <laughs> Talking regularly and then they disappear been texting dating sleeping with someone then they lose all contact without any explanation when they block you ignoring 24 7 but without blocking the person on social media or the phone okay so basically it seems like when someone stops responding so then i asked the same people why did you ghost someone so it's funny how they all these people that answered about being ghosted they were like so upset about it like how dare that person not respond to me after like we were fucking for a whole month but now their responses are just didn't feel like having the difficult conversation aka i'm just not that into you it was the only way for them to leave me alone and move on i ghosted them because they were creepy and i didn't like it they were super clingy and every convo we had was dry and cringy they either deserved it or maybe have com commitment issues they were annoying as fuck they were weird I was planning on rejecting them the next time they contacted me. They never did. So I guess it was double ghosted. <laughs> um, emotional immaturity. I'm just not interested in talking to that person. We never established anything and they wouldn't take the hint. I got back with my ex because he had no idea how to use his dick. Okay. Well, they were too nice to reject. They were crazy because the sex was terrible because she was stingy as fuck. I just didn't like them. LOL. I got back together with my boyfriend. I didn't have the heart to hurt them. There's no connection because they ghosted me first. I avoided them because it gave me anxiety to confront them because I simply didn't care enough. It's easier than breaking up. They're too emotional. They came on way too strong. I'm not good at confrontation. Okay, so <laughs> again, it seems like the answers are really similar. I didn't want to deal with a confrontation or I didn't feel like I owed that person an explanation because we weren't 
I didn't feel like we were there yet. Now let's get into my research. So what do you do in this case where you're feeling ghosted? Do you reach out? Um, when do you know when to give up? Like how many texts do you have to send someone before you know that they're never going to respond? Or do you just like let it go and move on? Or do you just keep posting a bunch of really depressing quotes on your Instagram stories until you find someone new? Like what's the right answer to this? So before you lose your shit, and show up at your crush's cousin's wedding that's 70 miles away from your house because you somehow found a geotag and in a picture on their friend's Instagram in order for you to confront them and why the fuck they're not answering your calls and quote unquote ghosting you. Take a deep breath and ask yourself how you got here. Not how you got here, like why you got ghosted because it's your fault, but how you got here and why you care so much that this person quote unquote ghosted you. So... The first step in deciding how to handle this involves understanding why the loss of such a brief connection with another person is taking up so much space in your head, so much of your time, and so much of your mental health. Because that's really important. And in the end of this, we're going to talk about what type of person ghosting affects the most. Because for me, for example, I feel like I've never been ghosted which I probably have, but I probably never realized. And there's a good reason for this. And we'll talk about that at the end. So most of the time when you've been ghosted by someone, most of the time you didn't know that person well. It seems like based on the definition and based on how when I asked 50,000 different people, they all kind of gave similar answers where we briefly dated and I didn't feel like I owed that person um, a response or an answer and why it didn't work out. So most of the time you didn't know the person well enough to actually miss them. What you are missing, though, is the way they made you feel and the fairy tale that you already built up in your head after just one or two dates. You're missing the sudden interruption of good feelings, the destruction of your hopes and dreams about what you guys could have been, and a deflated positive feeling about yourself. Because when you go out with somebody and you feel like it's going well, even after the first or second date, and this has happened to me in the past before too, is it has to do with them making you feel good about yourself. And then suddenly when they take those they, they leave, they're taking away those good feelings from you as well. So not only did you think it was going well and you told your friends and everyone on Facebook about it, but when someone ghosts you, it subconsciously tells you that you're not good enough for a call or an explanation, that there's something wrong with you, that you must be unlovable for another person to completely disappear from your life. It's like an instant punch in your gut. Some even view ghosting as a silent treatment, which um, is considered by many therapists as an emotional cruelty. So again, everything's going really well, which means you're probably completely ignoring the red flags and maybe they're not 100% into you. And then bam, the rug is pulled out from under your feet unexpectedly. And now you're left on the floor, dazed and confused. And you're just like, wait, what? What just happened? Like, wait, rewind and please bring my rug back. I bought it a yard sale for $50. I really like it. So <laughs> the reason we tend to miss red flags when it comes to somebody we just started dating and then they ghost us, quote unquote ghost us, is because the period of dating here is so short that we don't get all the social cues of their habits um, changing or the reduction of the time we're spending together, the lack of eye contact, the change in the tone of the interactions. All of that is gone because you didn't date this person long enough. So that's the difference between when you date someone for a few dates or even a month versus when you're dating somebody for a year. If they start to pull back and they are suddenly hanging out with you less or their tone is changing or they're dressing differently and stuff like that, you'd be like, hey, what's up? 
there's something happening here because you would know. But all of that is completely absent and missing when it comes to somebody that you only met a few times. And that's why you consider quote unquote ghosting when they stop talking to you because you didn't realize that there was already something happening here where they were slowly losing interest or they decide to go back to their ex and so on. So you go from feeling good, happy, and hopeful feelings to feeling embarrassment, shame, and guilt. That's usually what happens when you get ghosted. You're embarrassed that you thought someone liked you as much as you liked them. And now your brain is working overtime, trying to pinpoint a moment that where exactly went wrong, whether going through all your texts or like re-remembering your full date, or maybe thinking about maybe it's because that night they were hooking up. I didn't fully, I didn't put my finger up his butthole, even though I could tell that he wanted to, but I just like, I just wasn't feeling in that moment because we just had Indian food. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to risk it. But if I knew that's what's going to make us or break us, I would have fucking risked it all. And I put like two or three fingers up his butthole. Like, I didn't know that that's was gonna make him ghost me like shit like I would put my tongue up there like that's probably the thoughts that you're thinking um the second emotion that you go through when you get ghosted is shame you're feeling shame about a situation that went wrong when we're feeling shame about a situation that went wrong we tend to have trouble letting go of the situation since it's human nature to want to undo a moment or a situation that makes us feel icky So we can go back to feeling good again. So we completely break our own self-esteem. It's almost like we're already suffering from the rejection, but there's something in us that forces us to want to hurt ourselves even more because that's the difference. And I'll talk about it in a second is that the difference between physical pain and emotional pain, it seems that if you accidentally fell and injured your knee, you're not going to want to continue running and breaking your knee more times and falling on it because we're taught that you have to take care of your physical self and your physical appearance. So we're taught if I fell and broke my knee, I need to now heal and not do anything else that's going to break and hurt my knee. But when it comes to emotional um, pain, for some reason, we're not taught the same thing and we don't treat our emotional self as well. So when we already feel rejected and we feel pain, we, we, pursue more hurtful pain we say hurtful things to ourselves we like break ourselves even harder and i think that part's really hard and and it's it's hard to to break that habit when we feel this type of shame from getting rejected and we feel shame and embarrassment because we told all of our friends and everyone on Facebook that we really like someone and they're gone. Psychologists have said that shame is basically the reason why we feel the need to immediately criticize the person that hurt us or ghosted us by talking badly about them to our friends, by categorizing them as rude, as an asshole, immature, a fucking jerk. They don't deserve us. It helps you break the fairy tale that you built in your head thinking that there was really something there to, and more to this relationship than there really was. It helps you feel better about the situation, like you're better off and it helps you repair your self-esteem. And that's what we all tend to do when we're feeling shame about somebody not wanting to be with us. Um, Some research show that emotional pain and physical pain share a number of neural pathways. Previous findings that the pain of social rejection and physical pain can activate the same regions of the brain. Even in that research that I was reading, it said that to help with your psychological pain in the brain that is causing you to feel physical pain from your um, heartache, Tylenol can help. But again, this isn't a recommendation. I'm not sitting here telling anyone to take Tylenol. I would never give you advice to take any type of medication, whether it was over the counter or not. Okay, so then the question comes, why do people ghost? So this is actually really good and accurate research. 
There are two kinds of people in this world. That's what the research said. There's people who don't believe it's possible for relationships to grow and change or for attraction to deepen as time goes by. There are individuals who have a stronger destiny beliefs. These type of people are very firm believers that a relationship either works or it doesn't. Because these type of people see dating that way, it is more likely for that type of person to ghost. The other type of people, people who believe that attraction can grow and change in good ways and who don't hold their dates up to hypothetical ideal are less likely to abruptly disappear on their partners. So when I'm saying there are two types of people, there are the people who think relationships mean growth and you work on it and you fight for it and eventually the connection becomes deeper. Those people are less likely to ghost. Then there's the other type of people that are more set in their beliefs and they believe that it's either a yes or a no. Like when I meet you, you're either my person or you're not. That's really interesting. Um, I thought that was really cool when I read that. And I think it makes sense because the people when I was asking of why you ghosted someone literally was like, well, the person was too boring or he weirded me out versus being like, well, maybe the person was really nervous. So that's why they weren't really acting like themselves. But I should try to get to know them because another study showed that you don't really get to know someone. You're supposed to go at least on three dates with someone before you completely give up on them. But sometimes it's hard. Like even for me, after a first date, I'm pretty like stern in my beliefs. And I'll be like, okay, that person's not for me. Um, Unless I want attention, then I'll keep dating them. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. According to Dr. Vilhauer, being vulnerable 
is the number one thing that creates intimacy between people. And if you worry about being hurt all the time, you're not able to be vulnerable and affects the quality of the connection. The fear is the same thing that's causing so much ghosting, said Gilly Friedman, who studied the language of rejections. So that's another reason why sometimes people are so afraid from commitment and they run away from it. So now we finally can get to this other point that I wanted to make that I was waiting to make. So this is something else that I found on research about ghosting. We've all probably been in a way or another been ghosted before and have done the ghosting ourselves, but it seems like not all of us even notice, including myself. I probably have been ghosted, but I probably never noticed. And there's a big reason behind it, why ghosting affects some people more than others. Research found that ghosting seems to be even more hurtful and harmful to people who have low self-esteem in the first place. So it tends to be that People who are really affected by ghosting tend to have a lower self-esteem and that's why they take it so personally and that's why they think about it nonstop in their head and try to understand what they did wrong and want to get back those good emotions that they were feeling. If what one person believed was substantial relationship ends suddenly without even the effort it would take to have a traditional breakup, the results can even produce a traumatic reaction. In psychological studies, social rejection has even been found to activate the same neurological pathway as physical pain, which we just talked about. People with low self-esteem also tend to release less internally generated opiates into the brain after rejection as compared to those with higher self-esteem. In other words, low self-esteem means less ability to tolerate the pain of being forsaken or abandoned. And I think this makes a lot of sense because... As I've grown older and when I turned 30 and I felt so much more confident, I even noticed how I started to get over things faster. And I think it had to do with where my self-esteem was. So I think the reason in a way where I felt like I'd never been um, ghosted, it came from the fact that I could tell right away if someone wasn't that interested in me and I kind of let them go and I continued to do my own thing. Like I didn't put too much thought into it. I didn't think like, oh, that this person can make it or break it. Like, yeah, maybe they made me feel good about myself, but... I could also make myself feel good about myself. I wasn't depending on this person to remind me how beautiful I am or how talented I am or how smart I am or how funny I am because I could see those things in myself without that person. So I was listening to a TED Talk this morning before I started recording, and I think this really helped me kind of better understand because all the research that I saw about ghosting, it was just like what ghosting is and telling you what you should do after you've been ghosted, which was like, never contact that person. Never let them know how you feel. Let them go. Get over it. And I didn't see any research that told me why we take it so personally when someone ghosts us. When I saw that little part where it said about the ghosting affects people with low self-esteem more, that really explained to me why some of us take it so personally or if you're already at an all-time low, you're more prone to be more vulnerable and take things more personally and you're more prone to be hurt more. So I was listening to a few different TED Talks about emotions and things like that to kind of better help you understand yourself in the current position that you're in. Hopefully this can help you understand that Again, this has nothing to do with the person that decided not to be in your life because that person did you a favor when they left. They showed you exactly who they are and you don't want somebody that's just going to abandon you. So instead, focus on yourself and why you're feeling so many negative emotions about somebody you barely knew walking out of your life. So one of those emotions that sometimes we feel loneliness and Guy Winch is the one that at the TED Talk I was listening. And he gave some example about how he has a twin brother. And one day he went to school really far away. And twin brothers already have such a connection. He was really close with his twin brother. And he went to school to study somewhere really far away years ago, because he's he's older than most of the listeners here. And 
back then there were no cell phones. There was no like internet. So they only got him and his twin brother were able to only talk once a week for five minutes per week because the international charges were really high. And so that's all they were able to afford. But then on their birthday, they told each other, we're going to talk, we're going to splurge and we're going to talk for 10 minutes that week because I miss you so much. And at this point, they haven't seen each other for 10 months now. So Guy was so excited to talk to his twin brother and he was waiting by the phone, waiting by the phone, waiting for his brother to call him on their birthday to, to get those 10 minutes with him. And he waited all night and his brother never called. And he said it was one of the most saddest moments of his life. And he felt like, of course, my brother probably went out. He's having the time of his life. He forgot about me because it makes sense. Like we haven't seen each other for 10 months and he probably just doesn't care about me as much as I care about him because I'm here all alone and he, he gets to be with family and he's, he's moved on. It's fine. He'll probably call me tomorrow. And he went to sleep. The next day when he woke up, he looked at his phone to see if his brother called him yet. And then he realized that the previous night when he was walking around waiting for his phone to ring, he accidentally stepped on the cord and the cord came out of the um, came out of the wall. So his phone was actually disconnected the whole night. So the minute he connected his phone, he has a ring like within two seconds and his brother called him and his brother was so upset. And he's like, why didn't you answer the phone last night? And he goes, oh my God, I guess my brother, my phone was disconnected. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I've been waiting for you to call me all night. And his brother told him how it was one of the saddest nights of his whole life where he thought that his brother Guy's brother moved on with his life and he doesn't care about him, blah, blah. And Guy apologized to him, but his brother couldn't understand one thing. And Guy said, what? And he goes, if you thought I wasn't calling you, why didn't you pick up the phone and call me? And Guy couldn't understand that because he said, that's a really good point. Why, why didn't I call you? when I was waiting your call, like, why didn't I take the fo the step when I was just dying to talk to you? And he said he never understood why he did that until now when he's older. It's because he felt so lonely. And loneliness creates a deep psychological wound that distorts our perception. And it makes us believe that people around us care much less about us than they really do. So what happened to him when he was in a new place for 10 months, it changed everything in his brain neurons. And he thought that even his own brother moved on and didn't love him. And he was too scared to reach out and call his brother because he felt so lonely because he just assumed his perception of the world and the love that he had in his heart and how people loved him. His perception now became that my brother must not love me as much as I love him. Like he must have moved on with his life and I'm still here loving him. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bother him with my love and I don't want to come off too strong. It's like, it's, it's his twin brother. And the problem when that happened, that happens is that it makes us afraid to reach out because it's kind of like why set ourselves for failure and the heartache when your heart is already aching more than you can stand. And the thing with loneliness is that it's subjective. That's why you can be surrounded by so many people and not realize that you're experiencing being lonely because loneliness depends on whether you feel emotionally or socially disconnected from those around you. It's really scary what loneliness can do. And the TED talk that I was listening to, it had a lot to do with um, 
working on our emotional selves because it seems like we as adults and when we're younger, we focus so much on physical health, but we don't put as much effort into emotional health. And this is a great example. Not only can loneliness happen to you without you even realizing because you're around a lot of people and that's where you struggle to open up or you you don't want to call someone, you don't want to bother them, you don't want to do this and you're just so shut off because you're so scared of rejection, which is so unhealthy. But loneliness can even become, it goes all the way to chronic loneliness, which is way more extreme. But it's just an example of what happens to us when we don't take care of ourselves emotionally. And the reason I talked about the loneliness is just an example of how we sometimes depend on other people to reach out to us and to talk to us and or we depend on their love because we feel like we don't have any love to give or that our love doesn't matter as much. And that's not true. So another thing that he was talking about was our fear from rejection and um, what happens after we feel rejected, which has to do also with ghosting. He was talking about this woman who was married for 20 years and then she was going through a brutal divorce and she was finally ready to go out on a date with someone. She goes on to this date and she felt really good about herself. And within 10 minutes in the date, the man gets up and he says, I'm just not really that into you. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And he leaves. And she was so upset. She, she felt so much emotional pain that she felt like she couldn't move. Her body physically couldn't move because that's how much pain she felt. Because it was the first time she put herself out there and she was completely rejected. So what she did was she picked up the phone and called her friend. She told her what happened. And you know what her friend said? Her friend said... Well, of course he rejected you. Your thighs are too big. You're not even that pretty. I'm sure he found someone else that's way better looking than you. You're pretty fucking boring. I mean, there's nothing interesting about you. Um, so I'm not even surprised. And, you know, that's pretty shocking that a friend would say that to her, right? You know what's even more shocking? That it wasn't a friend that said that to her. It was her saying that to herself. <laughs> I don't know why I just got so emotional. I think it made me sad thinking about it because this is something we constantly do to ourselves because we expect our friends to be so kind to us, but then we end up being so unkind to ourselves. So you see how surprised you were when I said that her friend told her that she's disgusted and of course she deserved to get rejected. You were like, what the fuck? Why would she do that? But once I told you she said that to herself, you're like, oh, that makes sense because we all do that to ourselves. Why are we so mean to ourselves? So what happens with rejection is that we all start to think of all our faults and shortcomings. And like I said before, the problem is we don't take good care of our psych health as much as we do of our physical health. Like the example that I gave of if you fall and injure your knee. So when you fall and injure your knee, you heal. You sit and you wait for your knee to heal. But when you get rejected from ghosting or from a guy just telling you flat straight like that they're not interested instead of letting our heart heal and understand that you gave it your all you got out of the house you put yourself out there you're amazing that just wasn't your person instead we start to look for all of our faults well because my thighs are too big I'm not pretty as a southern girl of course because I'm fucking boring no one likes me or uh, maybe I just I talk too much on the date or maybe I did this we start to injure ourselves mentally even more and we bring ourselves more and more down. And then it's really hard to get back up from it. So research found that when our self-esteem is low, you're more vulnerable to stress and anxiety and failure and rejection hurt more and take longer to recover. So that takes back to why when it comes to ghosting, while well, people with low self-esteem are affected by it more. So when you're already in emotional pain, what I've learned is that you have to treat yourself like a good friend would. Instead of talking yourself down, you have to tell yourself everything your friend would tell you. 
And then um, Guy on the TED Talk, he also talked about something called ruminating. So ruminating, it basically means that you're replaying bad moments in your head over and over again. So whether somebody ghosted you and you're re-remembering those bad moments or someone rejected you or your teacher told you you will never amount to anything, any of those moments in your life, we tend to replay them over and over again and blame ourselves. And, and it makes us feel bad and icky every single fucking time. And why do we torture ourselves? Why do we do that to ourselves? So he said that doing that over and over again is putting yourself at risk of developing clinical depression. But studies tell us that even two minutes of distraction from uh, ruminating helps break the urge to ruminate in that moment. So that means if in that moment where you felt rejected or you were ghosted and you're trying to figure out why this person ghosted you and you're about to ruminate and blame yourself, you have to kind of do something else. You have to distract yourself. So even if you're unable to tell yourself how loved you are, then you go and you listen to happy songs. You go watch something happy. You go do some work. You you meditate. You do yoga. And eventually, even within a week, you're able to completely change your full outlook. So by taking actions when you're lonely, by changing responses to failure, by protecting your self-esteem and battling your negative thinking, you won't just heal your psychological wounds, if that's how you pronounce it. You will build emotional resilience and you will thrive as a person. So when people constantly keep telling you to change your perspective, it's a real thing. And the thing is, ruminating, whatever it is, we all do it. People always tell me really hard on myself when it comes to work stuff. I always think like when I fail in something, I'm a failure. But it is really hard to break that habit. But it is so interesting to also be, know and find out now that just one week of changing that little tiny habit, just one week can change your full outlook. And if we take care of our emotional self, you have no idea how much it will take care of your outer physical self. We only think that we have to take care of a physical self to be healthy, but we don't understand how much when we suffer inside of emotional pain, how much it actually affects our physical ability to live a happier life, to live longer. Your quality of life will change. So then one last thing that I want to leave you guys off was a few notes on how to help move on from ghosting, just some research that I found. But I think the advice to heal from quote unquote ghosting like I said before, has more to do with why you're feeling this way and it has to do with you healing your heart in general and being easy on yourself. And it has less to do with steps like show up at the guy's house, bash his car. Like <laughs> that's not a step to heal from ghosting or to heal from rejection. But I did write a few steps um, aside from you also healing your heart was A, accept that you've been ghosted. Accept that you've given it your all and there's nothing left to do. Be proud of yourself, that you were capable of putting yourself out there, that you're clearly ready for commitment and something more, and how lucky you are that this person opened up the pathway for someone even better to come into your life and actually give you what you deserve. And what you deserve is someone to not, you know, abandon you, to somebody to not ghost you. But be so proud of yourself that you put yourself out there. Every time now I put myself out there and it doesn't work out with someone and I can tell someone's not interested in me, I'm still so proud of myself because I know in my heart that I gave him my all. And when I know that I gave him my all, I never look back anymore and think, what if? I always now when I look back when it didn't work out with someone, I think that's only their loss. I never view it as my loss because I did everything I could. I'm amazing. I'm great. And somebody out there is going to be so lucky to have me. So that's how I look at it. And I also, I genuinely look at it as a blessing when it doesn't work out with someone because 
it wasn't meant to be and it will work out with someone else. And with someone else, it'll just be easy. And I talk about that all the time. Love starts with love. Love doesn't start with pain. So if from the beginning, someone is already causing you some pain, it should tell you a lot about where your relationship stands and where you are with this person. If a guy likes you or if a person likes you, you'll know. If you're confused, that means they're not into you. Okay, so that's one step. Another step is that allow yourself to feel the pain. So you're most likely feeling pain over losing the good feelings. And not only are you feeling pain of losing good feelings, you're feeling, you know, embarrassment, pain and shame over the fact that you told all your friends and your family and Facebook and everyone at Starbucks about this amazing person that made you feel good and now they're gone and it's embarrassing. And that pain is, you feel that pain much harder than you do of actually losing that person because you, you know, you barely fucking knew him. You just don't realize it. Um, Regardless, it sucks. But you gave your time to someone and it feels like they took it for granted. So you have to allow yourself to feel that pain. So the next thing you should do is tell a friend. I seem to constantly want to keep my emotions in, but I have noticed this year and last year that when I'm feeling pain, it harbors inside of me much longer than it needs to be when I don't tell anyone. But when I tell a friend, I feel relieved. It's almost like that pain's not mine anymore. I let that pain out and it just like flew somewhere else and it let me go and I'm fine again. So I think that's why it's so important to talk to a friend. Talking about your feelings, regardless of how embarrassed you may feel, can actually help make sense of your thoughts and allow your words and pain to be set free. If you harbor emotions inside, the pain will just linger on for longer. Research has shown that putting our thoughts and feelings into words to another person can change our brain patterns, getting us out of difficult ruts and helping us to process painful experiences. That's, that was really cool research that I saw because I always thought I was so much stronger when I didn't talk about my feelings, but now I understand that I'm so much stronger because I'm able to talk about my feelings and I'm able to heal so much faster now. The next step is to take care of your mind and your body. Numerous research show that doing the basic work of eating well, getting enough sleep, getting exercise is important to managing psychic pain. Mind-body practice like yoga, mindfulness, meditation can lower the body's production of stress hormones, reduce physical and emotional strain, and even alter some of the neural pathways that can cause emotional pain. And then the last step is to let go. You have to let go of needing something from another person. You have to let go of your imagination and dreams of what you thought this person could mean to you. You have to let go of the good feelings they gave you and you have to let go of questioning what you did wrong. And you have to accept that you were ghosted and you have to let that person go. And you have to let those negative thoughts go. And you have to let the shame and embarrassment go. You have to understand that the person that ghosted you may have thought that they were doing the right thing by ghosting you. As much as we all say that we rather know the truth, the truth is that the truth can sometimes be even more painful. And that's all today for why you got ghosted. I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved making it and researching about it and reading it. Whatever it is you're going through, I promise you it's not going to last. Everything that comes down must go up again. So if you're currently going through a heartache, I feel for you and I'm sorry and I love you and I promise you it will get better. Anyway, uh, don't forget to tune in to Thursday's episode. It's amazing. It's about the Kardashian cult and it's a two-part episode. It's going to be this Thursday and then the following Tuesday. Again, don't forget to write me a review. If you haven't already, a five-star review on the podcast app. It really does help my podcast. And... In case you are in LA, October 24th, which is which is next week, make sure to get tickets to my Hollywood Improv show. I think 
tickets have been sold out in case they haven't click the link in my description in my bio to get tickets to the show it's a one hour show part stand up part advice it's going to be lit it's going to be amazing and i'm going to do a meet and greet afterwards after the show so make sure to get a ticket if there are still tickets available although i'm pretty sure it's sold out but go ahead and check okay love ya